when we are on the search for balance, it's when we feel out of balance because I believe there's no such thing. Welcome to episode 113 of the Aligned Performance Podcast, the podcast helping you to fulfill your potential in the career or business that's aligned to your heart's purpose so that you can thrive at the highest level possible, have an impact on this world and be fulfilled till your last day. My name is Trang, purpose and performance coach and speaker and your host for the show. And today I'm sharing with you the conversation that I had with Jen Spiegel on, is there such thing as balance? Jen Spiegel is the founder of Becoming Iconic. She is a leadership expert, certified health and life coach, a business and lifestyle mentor. And as a mother of four kids running multiple seven-figure businesses, she has a thing or two to say about balance. And going into the new year, as everyone gets back into the groove with work, I thought, what better time than now to be talking about balance, in particular, work-life balance. So in this episode, Jen shares with us, does balance exist? Where do the shoulds and expectations around balance actually come from? Progression versus procrastination. How balance interrupts momentum. Harmony versus balance. And where you can start if you want to cultivate harmony between all the different areas of your life. This is a beautiful episode and I cannot wait for you to listen to this. Jen has such a way of explaining things that she turns complex and abstract concepts into easy to understand ideas that inspire you and empower you to do better in your life. In fact, Jen is currently one of my incredible mentors and I am so proud and honored that I have this relationship with her. So let's delay this. No more. This is my chat with Jen Spiegel. Jen Spiegel, welcome to the Aligned Performance Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to meet you because I am really enthralled with all that you put out there into the world and then to enjoy conversation together. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm so ready to have this conversation. And what we're talking about today, is there such thing as balance? For mm-hmm. you, Jen, you're, you've been in business, you've been a mother for almost two decades now, if I'm correct. And yes. you're, you're a lifestyle <laughs> and business mentor, you're a leadership expert. I couldn't be I couldn't think of a better person to be talking about this with. Like over the years, <laughs> you will have figured out whether or not balance exists and whether or not it is mm-hmm. attainable. So we're going to talk about that today. Um and before we get into it, I want to cover like why are we talking about this? You know, why is this such a cardinal topic? to to share and what have you observed in women in business leadership service-based professions that that makes it something that is important hmm. oh so much there I can't wait to have this discussion maybe we start <laughs> with the fact that I, I feel like the idea of balance has been sold to us as something that we can obtain And I feel that in that buy-in to this concept, we've held ourselves back from really seeing our capacity and really seeing what is available to us. Because when we are on the search for balance, it's when we feel out of balance because I believe there's no such thing. In my Mm. life, in the times where I have strived to reach balance, has been those times where I feel completely overwhelmed, burnt out, riddled in guilt, wondering if I should stop doing business the way I am or if I should have help at home. I mean, I get really up in my head in the moments where I feel like I, quote unquote, should be balanced. 
Mm. And I remember even having people train when I would go to self-development conferences on balance and how they had reached balance in their life. And this was the ultimate. And I felt like there was this thing that I couldn't grasp or understand or fulfill in my life. And it was during my personal growth journey that I realized, I feel like we maybe just missed the word. I feel like fulfillment comes through harmony. And so I adjusted my perception, I suppose, on how I looked at my life and thought, what if it gets to be harmonious versus balanced? Because balance to me means everything gets equal parts. And I have four kids. I'm a wife. I have six streams of income. Uh, I'm a daughter, a friend, a mentor. There are a lot of things I hold in my day. And so how could I It'd be impossible for me to give equal portions of myself to all of those things. And that's where we start to feel like we're quote unquote failing. Instead, I thought, Mm. what if I just give presence? That who I'm with and what I'm doing has my full attention, that I give it my all, and I stop allowing those things to compete in my life. Mm. Oh. That's so beautifully said. And I and I think that's it, right? It's not the experience of living and doing all the different parts that is the problem. It's the narrative and the ideas that has been embedded into, oh, this is what we should be doing. We should be having balance and giving all these areas of our life equal parts. That becomes the problem. Right. And that's why, yeah, like talking about this and creating awareness um, and making differentiations is what will hopefully give women a lot more clarity on this and just to let them breathe a little. Breathe. And how would it feel to move through our day with less guilt? Now, I tell this story often because I remember working with my breath coach and saying to her, that's it. I'm not going to feel guilty anymore. I, I don't like the way this feels in my body. I'm doing the best mm. that I can with what I know today. I'm not going to feel guilty. And I remember thinking in my head as I was saying this, this is very clever. I'm sure she's going to say, that's amazing. You know, eradicate guilt from your life. But she responded to me and said, you can't remove an emotion. It's a human experience and a human emotion. So it's not like you can get rid of it, just like we can't get rid of sadness or joy or anger or frustration, those things will come into our life. But how we navigate or move through that emotion gets to change and we get to be better at that. So I'm not suggesting that my answer removes guilt completely, but I would suggest that it will definitely create more ease in especially a woman's body. You know, add children into the mix and you, you have this conflict in your soul because they're these humans that are a piece of you and you want to be the best for them, but it doesn't eliminate how you want to be the best for yourself. And so I made a decision rather than that conflict stirring something negative in, in me, I'm going to allow that to be something positive and remember that I will never do it perfectly. But if I mm. wake up every day and want to be better and become better than I was the day before, what more could my children ask for? What more could my business ask for? What more could I ask of myself? And so that's been my intention. Yeah. And we're going to dig deep into all of this in a moment, go deeper into balance, go deeper into harmony and, and how to work through any, any guilt that um, the listeners may be feeling around this. But first... I do want to shine the spotlight on you and your story, Jen, because your story is very empowering and, you know, the listeners need to hear this. Throughout your life, you've gone from being in a corporate marketing career to now, you know, having created multiple seven-figure businesses. But not only that, you lead a fulfilling life and you create a beautiful impact on the world. You're led by your heart. Can you please share with us more about that, you know, your story of how you've gotten to where you are now? Mm, Thank you. And thank you for that. That that was really beautiful. And I appreciate that. I received that. Thank you. I have had a life of a lot of hurdles and a lot of pivots. And 
I know I'm not alone in that. I think most people, we would say the same thing about ourselves and our journeys that we've hit hurts and pains and mini traumas and macro traumas and all the things that build us into who we are. Mm -hmm. There's been this theme in my life since I was as young as I can remember. The first thing is I've always held belief in myself. There's, There's something in me that isn't afraid to try things. I'm not afraid to try something and it fall on its face. I, I I actually feel really curious and I always have. So that works in my favor because I know many people, we fear failure. We fear what if it doesn't work out and that can really hold us back from so many beautiful experiences. I don't share that. I share or I have in me this innate ability to trust myself. The other thing is I learned through the ups and downs of my life that I'm very resilient. And Mm. I I say this because I want to actually mirror to anybody listening. If you actually look back at all the things you have walked through, crawled through, and you see the strength and resilience you actually hold, it is very empowering. You start to witness yourself with a fresh set of eyes. It, it The story changes. It becomes less of this happened to me and more of, oh my goodness, if I can get through that, I could get through the next thing. So you build this belief and strength and resilience. And so I had this incredible marketing career. I loved my job. So it wasn't that I was in this corporate job that I felt stifled in and and held back. I loved what I did, but I had a baby and I had a baby very early on in my, in my life, at least early for me. I was a, I was an immature 20 year old. And when I had her, it flipped my world upside down. In my marketing career, I was traveling a lot and and it was working long hours because I was working all over the world. So the time zones, I was on every time zone. And I made the decision to stay home. I made the decision to leave my job and stay home and, and raise my daughter. And I now have four kids. And that became a, a point in my life where I totally lost myself. So this can translate to, for anybody listening, maybe it's not choosing to stay home with your kids. Maybe it's choosing a career that's not fulfilling. It could be anything. So picture yourself right now. And if you're in this spot where you're just feeling depleted, there's not a lot of vision and excitement and goals and dreams and aspirations happening. That's how I felt. And so that's when I started my entrepreneurial journey because I thought, what if I could be home and present with my children and really see what I'm made of, really see what's possible. And that was the spark. It ignited me in my life. I love entrepreneurship. I am so passionate about it. I think it is the coolest gig. You can (laughs) do anything as an entrepreneur. You can pivot and move and change Mm. and shift and create. And as a matter of fact, I think those are prerequisites for an entrepreneur. If you are someone who doesn't like those things, it may not work out. You may be more suited for a corporate job. And that's great too, because we need people working in corporate jobs. But for me, I I am too rebellious for things like that. I love to try. Mm-hmm. I love to experience. So, you know, the the journey started and I started mentoring. And at this point now, it's thousands of women I've mentored to start and scale their businesses successfully. And what I found was my gifts were to do this where your life and your business complement one another. So kind of going back to the start of our conversation where those two things don't have to fight one another. And that was really what I started to witness through all these women was joy and fulfillment and excitement and really unleashing themselves and unraveling themselves from all of these have-tos or boxes or rules that they had had abiding by. So it's been an incredible journey and, and it continues. Yeah, I, I love that. And I love what you said about the question that you asked yourself when you first you know, had your daughter and you were at home and you were like, what if I could dot, dot, dot. And those, those four words, what if I could, it just opens up so much, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. And you know what? I, 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 it's such an important point. I have to make this because I feel like there's somebody sitting on the edge of their seat right now. The what if, what can follow that quickly is, well, what if it doesn't work? Or what Mm. if somebody doesn't agree with me? Or what if somebody thinks I look foolish? Or whatever, fill in the blank. 
And we hold ourselves back from really seizing opportunity and really experiencing ourselves as a whole. And, you know, you've heard the saying, well, what if it works? Even more so, I believe this is like a really pivotal piece of advice is don't wait for the feeling. Don't wait for the confidence. Don't wait for the evidence to come first. Instead, action on those things. Move forward into that that nudge, that tug that you feel because the confidence and the evidence follows the action. But too many people sit on the sidelines with great ideas and things that I know would bring so much joy to their lives, but they sit there waiting to feel confident first or waiting to see if maybe, you know, I need an example that somebody would be interested first, then I will. And it's backwards and they end up sitting on the sidelines for a very long time and sometimes stay there. Mm, Yeah, totally agreed. And your brand becoming iconic. (laughs) You've got you've got your podcast where you're you're standing there with a white blazer looking like an absolute boss. (laughs) Can you can you share with us what becoming iconic represents? Where did Mm -hmm. this come from? So in 2019, I knew I wanted to make another pivot and I knew I wanted to really build a foundational brand. So it initially started as a personal brand. Oh, I think I want to play around with marketing and bring all of these things together that I'm so passionate about. It started there. That was the seed, but it turned into a brand and the word iconic kept falling in. It was like iconic. And I, I didn't it didn't feel like home to me at first. It's like iconic. Who am I to say iconic? There are far more successful people than I am. You know, will it rub people the wrong way? Will they resonate with this? I don't even know, but it was just, it kept coming in, kept coming in. So I knew there was something there and I played with curiosity. And when I tied in the word becoming, so I thought to myself, iconic. Well, you don't just, you're not born necessarily iconic. It's a development. It's a, it's a progression. It's a journey and a path and all of these collected experiences and successes and, you know, living life on your own terms. So it was like this becoming. And when I married those two words together, it was like this, like stake in the ground moment where I thought that's exactly what I stand for to be iconic in your own life. So that could mean an iconic stay-at-home mom. That could mean an iconic daughter. That could mean an iconic VP of a company. The title, the role doesn't matter. It's who we're becoming and doing the very best we can each and every day in that choice. And that's really where it stemmed. And the interesting thing was since naming it that and launching it in 2020, I have been given many, many chances and opportunities in my business to emulate what becoming iconic is. More recently in February, losing my entire social media, tens of thousands of community members gone in a minute. And I remember in that point feeling really sad. I was sad and I felt betrayed and I was really upset with the world for a minute because I thought, who does that? All these years of pouring my heart and soul out, these posts, these memories and all this community that I had built. But I remember thinking, Phoenix Rising, what do I teach? What if this is part of the story of becoming iconic? And it actually has been. I mean, people have watched me pick myself up dust myself off and march forward. And it was, has been one of the most beautiful experiences of my entire career so far is rebuilding this from the ground up. Yeah. You living the experience, you going Mm -hmm. through it and inspiring others from that, (laughs) like actually being the, the person who experiences that so that you can speak on it. Mm-hmm. And I need to correct myself because I just said building it from ground zero and I, I don't actually believe in that. So I need to make a correction because you're never building from ground zero because you have all of the experiences and all the things that you're building upon. So let's say I was building from floor 11 and, you know, yep. I went back down <laughs> to floor 11 and building back up. But I, I also think that's a big roadblock for a lot of people, you know, especially if they want to pivot from a corporate career into entrepreneurship or if you're an entrepreneur that's been you know, a coach, but you want to pivot into a product-based business, these things can feel really big. And I'll often hear people say, well, I, Jen, I just don't want to start all over again from ground zero or from nothing. And I will say to them, so that's why I had to correct myself. You're never starting from zero because you've collected all of these things along the way that you get to build it upon. 
let's dig deeper into balance now. You mentioned a little bit earlier, Jen, that balance to you means giving equal parts to all the different parts of your life. And this is something that a lot of people feel like they they have the there's something there's the shoulds around it, there's, there's judgments around it. And it's funny because when I think about, you know, my journey and when I look at a lot of people's journeys as they go through their careers and and as they enter into the world, it's, it's almost like people go through a bit of a cycle because at the start, they're like, oh, balance is actually what I should be striving for. Like, this is actually a good thing, you know? Like, I need to make sure I work hard and I also need to make sure that I give my personal life time and space as well. But then as we go further down the track, it's like, oh, wait, but is it actually a resourceful concept to to be pursuing? Um, and like like you mentioned, there are a lot of shoulds and judgments around this. So with the shoulds, shoulds and judgments, where do you think that comes from? Oh, that's that's upbringing. That's, that's projection. Uh, that's roles that we have been very obedient in participating in. Uh, our fear of disappointing people or being judged by people can be paralyzing for lack of a better word. And it's such a shame. (laughs) It's such a shame because we spend more time seeking validation outside of ourselves than we do looking in the mirror and being really proud of the reflection staring back at us. And that's a journey. That's age. That's, uh, you know, growth. Those things come and I would love to be an encourager of them coming sooner than later. You don't have to wait for a certain age to have these realizations and have these really big moments of personal responsibility and self-love and celebration of self and to really start to say to yourself, I actually choose to not betray myself anymore. Not that we want to betray other people because I would never advocate for that, but I would rather at this point in my life disappoint someone than be out of integrity. Mm. Being out of integrity and betraying a value of mine or doing something that I don't want to do simply to please somebody is not integral because I'm not even really being real with that person. So I believe this can all be done with a lot of love and compassion and understanding and communication, but it does come from participation and we're shifting the paradigm. The world is changing. There's never been a more liberating time to be a woman than there is right now. And we're fumbling forward. We've never had access the way we do now. We've never had women making more money than men. We've never had this many women working and not home raising children. I was just talking to one of my dear friends about this and like, what a what a ride we're on right now, but we don't have that generation before us giving us an example or teaching us their lessons because it's never been done. So are we doing it perfectly? Absolutely not. Is there a lot to learn? A lot to learn, but I am Mm. so grateful. Oh, it makes me a little emotional. I'm so grateful to be alive today, to be a part of what's going to be written down in history. Like we are blazing and pioneering a trail that has never been done. And that is a lot of responsibility, but also like, it's just, it gives me so much energy and joy and excitement for what's possible. Mm. So these, these shoulds, they're coming from external sources. Like they're, you know, they're projections from, from outside sources (laughs) And in order to detach ourselves from it, it's putting ourselves first. Is that what you're saying? Oh, that's a really great, I'm glad you just asked that because there's this thing I think that could be misunderstood of like, put yourself first as though only you, you know, you, your joy, your ease, your flow, your opinion is the only thing that matters and everybody else has to adjust to it. I don't, that's not what I would want to ever want someone to take from what I'm saying because Mm. that's ego and I, I, that's not what I stand for. I stand for a presence and, and I call it peaceful confidence. So I teach this to my clients and peaceful confidence to me, if you can imagine walking in a room and you're mingling in a room and you know, when this woman enters the room and she 
like she comes through the door and there's just this presence about her. Like it's magnetic. And it's not like she's walking in the room going, I'm here. Everybody pay attention to me and applaud my entrance. It's not that because that's not confidence. And she's also not sitting at the back of the room, making sure everybody else has the good seats. And she's sitting in the back and being in um, that martyr position. That's not confidence. No, she Mm. takes the seat and she sits back and she crosses her leg and she smiles and greets people and everybody wants to know who she is. And see, that's not putting herself before anybody else. That's not putting herself behind anybody else. She's just so good in her own skin that neither of those things matter. Mm, Peaceful confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I I, I feel like that, that, that phrase or that term you just pick, you can see it exactly what you just described. So it's like yeah, an elegance. yeah, it's like this elegance I, I and personal power. And I know there's just, there's just this posture to it that I find so alluring and, and it's what I strive to be. And am I that all the time? No. And am I that most times? Probably not, but it is certainly an image that I desire to hold and, that's what my pursuit of self is. Like when I visualize myself in my power, it's that because I'm not saying I'm better than, I'm not saying that you need to be better than, it just is. Imagine if we were all just in that, like it just is. And we could just be ourselves and comfortable with that and, and celebrate that and then celebrate others because there is no judgment or comparison or it's just it's just this massive celebration of all these beautiful souls who are connected. I think the world will be a much better place. Yeah, absolutely. Something else that is really closely linked to the idea of finding balance, and mm-hmm. I get a lot of clients coming to me saying this, and I'm sure you do too, Jen, is... Oh, I feel like I need to just figure things out. I feel like I just need to figure my life out. I need to figure out how everything is working going forwards. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, figure it out. Figure it out. And I, 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 I mean, if they're using that as an excuse, so balance can be used as a really, really good excuse. It also can be a massive procrastinator. And mm. so if they're using that as a point of procrastination and self-limiting belief, then I would say, okay, well, what are we doing to discover what we want in life and, and figuring it out. But if they're actually really genuinely curious about figuring out what they want, oh, let's go. Like that's somebody I want to lock arms with and, and yeah. work with because it's that hunger and desire to like soak in life. And that I, I just, mm, it's like my love language. But if we're leaning on balance or I need to figure it out or we're procrastinating because we're fearful of the what ifs, then that's when someone needs to really hold themselves accountable and and ask themselves, do I really want this? And if the answer is yes, you've got to find the one reason why to do it then because we can find a million excuses. I could give Mm. you a dozen excuses of why today wasn't as successful as I thought it could be or why, you know, I can't do a workout today. I can find a million reasons why that. But I only need one reason that is so heart-centered and piercing for me to get me motivated to start. And, and so that's, that's a really great question, but it would definitely depend on where they're, they're stemming that question from. Yeah. I think that's the case with, with any, any challenge, any problem that, that someone comes to you with, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, there's, there's always going to be two sides of the coin and it's like, where are you actually coming from with this? Right. And you know, the thing with balance, what I find heartbreaking is we interrupt momentum all the time. And momentum is what we pray for. Momentum is what we ask for. And we start to receive it and we interrupt it with this feeling of overwhelm and, oh my goodness, I'm out of balance because of the narrative we've bought into. So our business starts to thrive. And what happens? We feel like, oh my goodness, I'm not as attentive to my relationships as I used to be, or, you know, I'm not working out the way I once did. And We get all in our head, so we come out of our heart, go into our head, and we interrupt the momentum in our business that we have literally been going, please, please, please let this product sell or service sell, and it starts to sell, and we we like it's like driving with the emergency brake on. 
And then we also do that with relationships. Maybe your relationship with your partner is deepening and maybe you're having a great time just spending time together. And what do our heads say? Oh my goodness, I'm not really doing as much in my business as I should because, you know, we're having lots of date nights and watching movies. And so what do we do? We interrupt the momentum of the the partnership and the relationship because we're going out of our hearts and into our heads. And so for me, it's like, what if you actually decided to see your capacity? And I explained this to my children, my two children, when we decided to have more and I was pregnant with our third. And I remember telling them and I remember them being really stunned and I I could see in them that worry of like, oh gosh, are you going to still love us the way you do? And I described it to this like them. I said, you know, we have a dog. I love dogs. So I love pets. We have a dog. And his name was Simon. And I said, you know, we love Simon. And if we were to get a puppy, do you take or borrow love from Simon in order to move it over to the puppy? Or does it expand? Does your love expand? Do you have more than you thought possible? And they could understand that. They're like, yeah, we wouldn't take love from Simon for another puppy. We would just love the puppy. And I said, well, the same thing goes for me as a mom. It's not that this also goes to balance. We don't have to pull from some place in order to give it to another. What if it always gets to expand and our capacity gets to expand? So we've got to stop coming out of our hearts because we don't even get to see what we're capable of because we interrupt constantly. Life, it's it's not static. It's not like a 2D image <laughs> on a piece of paper. It's, yeah, dynamic. It flows. And, and what you were just saying reminded me of, you know, the wheel of life that often gets used. Yes. It's like you know, a, a circle and then you only get a certain slice for all the different parts of your life. But what yeah. you're saying sounds like there can be a full wheel for every area of your life. And it's, it's infinite in some ways. Like it, it's Absolutely. constantly expanding. Mm-hmm. Like, do we actually think we were created to play small? Like, do we think our creator was like, okay, Jen, you know, calm down, tame it down a little. You're getting too big for your life. That's n- no. If we believe we were created out of love, if we were, be- if we believe in abundance, we have to start accepting that and stop resisting it so much because I just don't buy into that. I, I believe in infinite possibility. I believe we just see the, the hairline of what we're capable of. And it, it, that creates this hunger in me. I think, oh my goodness, what's possible if I got out of my own way? Rather than say, I, I want to create a seven-figure business. What if I just said, I want to create a business that leaves a footprint in the world? And what if that's seven figures? What if it's nine figures? How dare I hold back what is possible? I think we, we, we really do constantly put these rules around things. And I, I think you're starting to hear I'm a bit of a rule breaker and I will challenge thought and I will challenge ideas, not because I'm, you know, someone who likes conflict or that sort of thing, but I, I definitely love to dig into things and better understand. And all I know is when I play in the field of possibility. I am always, always surprised and delighted. Just breaking through that glass ceiling and owning the fact that we have evolved over 6 billion years as like the fittest species. We are capable of so much more than we we give ourselves credit for. That's for sure. Yeah. And we look at people and think they know something we don't but there aren't favorites. I also don't believe in that. It's not like, mm. okay, you, you're going to be a winner in life. You, we're going to give you that, but you over there, no, not so much. You know, you're going to mm. live in term. That's not, I can't believe in that. And it's, I, I don't believe in that. I believe there's no dress rehearsals and I believe there are no extras on this earth. You are not an extra. The person you walk by in the store is not an extra. And when we live with that type of intention and love and ability to see Mm. things in a more divine way, everything starts to expand. You see nature differently. You hear music differently. You taste food differently. You have conversation differently because nothing is by mistake. Okay, something else with with balance is that 
you know, it's often assessed in a snapshot of time, right? Mm-hmm. So we were talking about how life is so dynamic and how there's so much possibility. Um, but I think the other problem with looking at balance is that it's assessed in a snapshot of time. You know, if, if you're not, if you're doing more than 40 hours a week, let's say as an example, then, oh, that's, that's imbalanced. If you're working too much this week or this month or even this year, you know, that's imbalanced. But, you know, especially as entrepreneurs, we experience this. We often go through seasons and we swing and we flow from one to the other because, as you said, momentum, right? Like sometimes we get momentum and we've got to utilize that. We've got to lean into that. The the opposite challenge, though, is sometimes, you know, when we do get real into one swing and we continue to swing in that direction, it can go to the extreme like it can go to the extreme where uh, there's more problems than what it's giving you so that's where people experience burnout and things like that so instead of balance right like what would you recommend for people who are experiencing this to recognize that they're at that point where they're they're going to that extreme um like how can they recognize that and how what can they do about that well why why? What is it that you're either running away from, that you're numbing, that you're fearful of losing? What is it? What's the why? Why this obsess- obsession? What are it, it, it always comes down to a fear of something. I'm, I'm afraid if I take a breath from my business, it's going to fall apart. Mm. You know what hustle culture taught us. You know, yep. the true leader never takes a break. A true leader will blaze the trail and, you know, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. It's what you do with it and all these things. And so if someone is at a point where they're not fulfilled and they're not living in harmony and they're burnt out, it's a, t- a point of reflection. These can be the greatest moments of, of teaching in our entire lives. So let's not wish for it to be easy. Because if life were easy, how much do you have to teach others? What kind of meaningful depth, deep, I suppose a better word, deep conversations would you be able to have with others if you've never really had those types of experiences and reflection points? So it's not shying away from them. It's just sitting with them and owning them in the moment and and finding the teacher, finding the lesson and applying it. Because if we don't apply the lesson, we'll just do that, that loop somewhere else. And we do numb. We live in a culture where we numb that takes, you know, sort of comes out with people scrolling on their phones, um, looking at reels for an hour, two hours when they could be reading a book or laughing with their children or having a conversation. We see numbing with workaholics, people who just pour into their work and don't come up for air and because maybe they're unhappy in their relationships or feeling like they aren't fulfilling a role. I don't know. There's so many things we could dive into there. And I don't know if that's where we want the conversation to go, but I, I firmly believe there's a reason. And so what we do is we just pause, stop and reflect and allow this to be a teachable moment to move forward and then share that lesson with others. So like, instead of focusing on the surface level fixes, like, oh, make sure you you set aside two hours on the weekend to yourself or whatever it might be. We're going deep and going to that root cause of why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, addressing like where it's it's coming from at the core. Absolutely. Self, personal yeah. growth, personal growth is a kind of a funny culture. I think we think reading a book and feeling good after closing the book is, is growth and personal growth, at least the one, the, the stuff I know that actually creates growth is the icky, not so pretty, deep inner work that we would rather sweep under the carpet. We'd rather avoid, we'd rather not talk about, but over the last three to four years, I've made a commitment to go deep and talk about the things I don't want to talk about. And I have never experienced such an awakening of who I am, uh, my forgiveness, the, the capacity to forgive. I, I, oh. And so much of that was self-forgiveness, forgiving myself for mistakes or hurts or allowing people to treat me a certain way, being tolerant of things. There was so much there. And, and that's, that's what I wish more people would do. 
stop thinking personal growth is a, a, you know, a great conference that leaves you feeling full of energy. Those things matter. They have a place, but the true growth is actually pulling the things out that no longer fit the expired beliefs, the stories and narratives that no longer fit looking at those and gently saying goodbye and, and moving forward. And you mentioned harmony before. Mm-hmm. Harmony is something to, to to seek to create rather than that static balance. Can you expand on harmony a little bit more? Sure. For me, harmony and harmonious living is, I, I want to say the word, soaked in pleasure. And pleasure to me, when I remember when I first heard that word, it, it almost had like a sexual connotation to it. I, I, that's how I was, I would receive it. And so I didn't really resonate with the word, but it was when I started realizing how much resistance I, I had to it. I was like, why do I feel that way? And I looked at it and to me, pleasure is presence. Pleasure is experience. Pleasure is inviting in beauty. Pleasure is intention. So harmonious living to me is rather than you know, rush in the morning and get the kids on the bus and get to work and all that frenzy that so many people do. It's waking up, having a cup of coffee or tea, whatever you prefer, putting on a silk robe, being in your feminine, having a moment to breathe and collect yourself, greeting your family. And as I say all of this, it's so interesting because I, I've just gone through a renovation and all of those things have somewhat been removed. And as I'm speaking this right now, my whole body is, is aching for that because I know how that feels. So I'm actually holding myself accountable to practicing what I preach as I'm speaking this, but these things really make a difference. Eye contact, um, tasting your food, not just shoveling something down because you forgot to eat all day. Harmonious living is being so grateful to be in the presence of somebody else. So if you are in mentorship or coaching or a service-based business, you are in a service-based business. Serve, give yourself, let people witness you. And at the same time, what a beautiful gift to witness someone else, for someone else to feel seen in your presence, for someone else to feel celebrated in your presence. And when you're with your children, be available and, and laugh. So for, it's, it's such high intention and regard and pleasure and beauty that creates the harmony. And that is not perfection. That is progression. It's, it's, it's a practice. And you even heard in me, I, I mean, I preach this, I practice this, but I've fallen out of the practice. So even as I'm speaking to you, it's like, oh, that breath, mm. that being able to breathe and enjoy. And if we cannot be so grateful for what we have right now in this very moment. So if you're listening in right now, like look at your environment, look at what's in front of you. If you're driving in a car, my gosh, you're driving in a car. If you're eating, you're eating food. If you're with somebody at work or or a companion right now and walking, you're with someone. I mean, imagine if we lived this way more fully. Imagine if we decided to be more like this with everything we do and, and be grateful for what we have in this moment so that we can be entrusted with more. But people want it all and they're so unhappy with what they already have. How could you be entrusted with that? How can you create a seven-figure business if you think it's terrible and not enough that you make 5000 a month? If you're saying, oh, I only make 5,000 a month. I only have two clients. This isn't working for me. Do you actually believe that the universe and energy is going to be like, oh, you're not happy with that? Okay, you know what? We'll give you 100 clients and a million dollars. That's not how this works. If we can be so obsessively grateful for what we have today, knowing that it's a stepping stone to more, that's when you will start to reap more and more and more in your life. As you were talking just then, I was getting emotional because what you've described is such a beautiful state of of living, one that I know I used to never experience, very much growing up with that narrative and that 
lifestyle of just hustle and work hard and and look to the next thing you know living in the future rather than living in the now I don't have time to stop and reflect and be grateful and enjoy my food for 10 minutes I'm going to work through the whole day every minute I'm alive and I know that there are a lot of people out there maybe some people who are listening who are in that place at the moment you know I've got clients who come to me and they're like I don't even know where to start with this Mm -hmm. like I'll sit down I'll journal for five minutes and yeah, I just feel stuck. Like I can't even feel anything. I'm trying to, but I'm not feeling it. Where, where do you recommend, you've already given some practical um, ways for people to, to really experience this, but what, where can people start? Like if this is so foreign to them. Mm-hmm. And what I pick up on, well, I just got body chills. What I pick up on is someone thinking that they've lost it or it's gone. And it's not lost and it's not gone. It's just a matter of you coming home to it. Yeah. I think we feel like we missed we missed something or it's run away from us, but at this at the root, the seed of who we are is love. It's pure. And it's always there. It's never changing. We just have these layers that kind of get packed upon that and and it gets buried sometimes. So it's not that it's gone. It's just a matter of finding it again and it's within you. So if someone were to come to me and say, I'm numb, I don't even know, I don't even know what I want anymore. I don't know how I feel. I don't, I don't, I don't feel. I would say, well, you are by actually even just coming forward and saying, I don't feel. That's a feeling. So let's just recognize that and let's let that spark something. Just like be the spark. It doesn't have to be a bonfire yet of feelings and, you know, excitement for life, but it is the spark, the seed that we get to plant. And what could we do? One of the questions I know I use with my clients because I used it with myself when I felt like I was in this place is I would start and I would ask myself, I would say hundreds. I don't think I would be exaggerating hundreds of times a day. What what would make you feel fulfilled right now? What do you desire right now? What would make you feel good right now? Because I had totally lost touch with that. I I didn't know. I, I didn't know what success meant anymore. And I had reached this pivotal point in my career. I mean, I have the success people are, you know, on their hands and knees for. And that's why for me, it's never about a number. It, it just can't be because, you know, you get to that number. And if you have not worked on this, and you don't feel peaceful within, it will never solve anything. And so I remember asking myself that and, and just taking these little micro steps of, you know what, what I desire right now is a cup of tea. And I would go make a cup of tea. And then if I would be kind of in that feeling of anxiousness or um, detachment from myself, what would, yeah. you, what would make you feel good right now? What do you desire? I desire to listen to music. And I literally would do that over and over again in my day until I started to realize that rest wasn't lazy because I heard you say that. Like you said, I was raised hustle culture, go, go, go. I still have parents who think that when you're laying around that that's lazy, that there's always something to do. Um, And so I was raised in a home where achievement was where I found love, that if I was doing something that got great marks or achieving something, they would applaud me and I would get that recognition. But if I was sitting on the couch, you know, why are you sitting down? There's always something to do. I'll give you something to do. So that has been a really interesting journey for me as well. And I think worth talking about just because you had brought that up. Because I think yeah. a lot of people feel like rest, I don't have time for rest or I don't even know what I want for rest. And I, I, that's how I found out what rest meant for me. What do you desire right now? What would make you feel good right now? And that self-discovery led me to that state that I now practice and uh, continue to practice. Yeah, I love that. I <laughs> love that so much. You, you have this beautiful quote that you've shared in regards to everything that we're talking about. And it's this, decide what's in alignment for you and stand in that confidently. Mm -hmm. Jen, are you able to expand on this, what you mean by Mm -hmm. what's in alignment for you and standing in that confidently? Mm -hmm. Well, alignment is an overused word and it's unfortunate because it's such a beautiful word. 
and it has such a beautiful meaning. But sometimes we we pull the meaning out because we overuse it. It's kind of like a Justin Bieber song on the radio. Like I I am a raving <laughs> Justin Bieber fan. Okay. <laughs> I love him. Um, But like his music's overplayed. So you can get tired of a song. It doesn't mean that it's not a good song anymore. You just heard it too many times. And the word alignment, I feel like that a little bit. Like we've overused it. So it's lost its potency. But I, I love the word because alignment to me actually kind of stems into integrity. And what I notice is a lot of times we do things and do things in the way that somebody else does it because we feel like that's the way to success. So for example, I'm sure you've had a client who looks at the way you show up online or the way you speak on your podcast and want to work with you because they want to emulate that because they feel like that is the way I will become successful. And that's that whole narrative of one way, we have one way, the way, and that's absolutely the furthest thing from the truth. So alignment is discernment. And discernment was my word in 2021. I wanted to be better at the art of discernment, being able to come up with a concept or hear a concept or just be in a conversation and ask myself, is that in fact true for me? And it doesn't make it wrong. Doesn't mean that other person is incorrect. It's just, is that true for me? And if the answer was yes, I'd get curious about, oh, wow, this excites me. If the answer was no, I'd get curious. Why not? So I really started to understand myself. So discernment is an art form that leads you into alignment because when you make decisions, you can trust your decisions. And that alignment, that integrity is standing behind what you believe in, what you feel called to bring out into the world, that just exudes confidence. So it just will come naturally because it's all so thoughtful. Going back to what you first said about the alignment, I, I totally agree with what you were saying. It can be overused. You know, my my whole, my, the podcast is called the Aligned Performance Podcast. And coming from a background as a physiotherapist, I got so many questions about, oh, is aligned performance like aligning your spine, like aligning your joints? <laughs> right. And I'm like, it, it can mean that, but no, like it, it goes so much broader than that. And it, it goes so much deeper than that. Uh, and what you shared about knowing what's true for you. I remember um, there was a concept that I read by Simon Sinek that really stood out to me. And um, this this might be really, uh, this might resonate with the listeners. You know, it, it's it's a metaphor called the salary test. I'm not sure if you've, uh, you're familiar with this one. You, you probably are. Where, you know, if you're not sure and you're not aware on what's true to you, then you'll seek feedback and you'll seek advice from people around you. So you may be hosting a dinner party and you may receive advice from different people and they say, have some pizza at your dinner party. You know what? You should actually serve some uh, rice milk at your dinner party. Oh, you should serve some fruit at your dinner party. You should serve some celery at your dinner party. And if you're not sure on what is right for you, then you'll just take all that advice. You'll mm-hmm. serve the pizza, the rice milk, the fruit, the celery. And it's just going to be really confusing for you because later on, someone's going to give you more advice and you'll just take that on and you'll just start to feel really overwhelmed. But if you know what's true to you, if you know what your values are, if you know what your purpose is, and you know that you want to host a healthy dinner party, then you can still take everyone's advice, but this time you will only actually take on what is right for you and you'll leave out that pizza and then you'll host the the rice milk, the fruit and the celery. And I think that's what you're you're sharing, right? Like the alignment and knowing what it is that is you. Yes, absolutely. That's it. And thank you for telling that story because it's very true, right? We'll just, we'll think everybody else has the answer for us. But what's so beautiful is we can collect advice, we can collect wisdom, we can collect ideas, but then that art of discernment jumps in. I'm so glad you have aligned in your podcast because it's so important people understand it. We just got to use it wisely and not dilute the meaning because I think people, again, just thought leader or in thought leadership, throw it out there. Same with the word embodiment. One of my favorite words. I love embodiment. I mean, what that means and what it means to embody and oh, 
but again, we've, we've used that word so much. It's like a song on the radio where it just starts to lose its potency. So thank you for being a leader for that. Thank you for teaching that to people because when we can discern and choose what is right for us, it's when that confidence, that peaceful confidence, going back to sort of earlier on in the conversation, that peaceful confidence starts to become just the way we are. And as you would say, our state. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just letting that sink in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have nothing to add to that now. I'm just like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Oh, it's such a big, this has been a big conversation. I do a lot of podcasts and, you know, it's interesting sometimes the roads we can go down and I love podcasts for that because I find when they're natural and it's a conversation, some really beautiful wisdom can come through and collaboration and you really do an excellent job. You really do. I'm enjoying this conversation. I'm sure you listening in. I mean, this is, this is gold. (laughs) (laughs) It is. You've shared some beautiful gold nuggets and, and the fact that, you know, we're talking about, is there such thing as balance, but you know, there are so many branches of that. We're not just, yeah, talking about the surface level. Oh, this is what balance is. And this is what you should be pursuing. Yeah. We're deep diving, you know, we're not just snorkeling at the surface, we're scuba diving, we're going down, we're going down um, and and exploring everything below that. Mm -hmm. So as we come to the end of the podcast, Jen, you know, to to wrap things up, if there were, if there was one thing for you to leave with listeners to summarize what we've shared today, one thing that you'd like them to take away, what would that be? It would be to trust your capacity, to trust yourself. You can handle it. You can do it. Allow yourself to expand and play and enjoy. Life is not about being rested all the time. It's about enjoying every single moment, soaking it in, lingering in moments, and not taking everything so seriously. We take ourselves too seriously. We take our businesses too seriously. And what if the whole goal over this next week was to be very curious and in that curiosity to not hold yourself back from anything, but instead, Ooh, like look at how much I got done today or look at how much I held today or look how much I enjoyed today. There's a goal. So to witness your capacity to trust yourself, to realize it's never been and never will be about balance. And it's about fulfilling yourself and, and, and allowing other people to reap the benefits of your fulfillment. Because not only does it feel good inside, but everybody else around you gets to benefit from the audacity you had to do things differently. And that's a gift that ripples out into the world and and makes a change. Mm, Lovely. All right. Before we wrap things up, I'm going to take you through, Jen, Five rapid fire questions. This is something that I ask every every guest who comes on and it gives everyone a little bit more of an insight into you outside of what we've spoken about already. Okay. So are you ready for these questions? I'm ready. So keep it short, Jen, is what we need to do. That is not a gift. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my very best. <laughs> oh, and this okay. is on me as well, because like with with these rapid fire questions, I do admit like sometimes they're not that rapid fire. Like sometimes they do <laughs> okay. require a bit of thought and then they require okay. some expansion. But let's see how we go. Thanks for that permission. Question. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one, who is your inspiration? Mm. Oh my goodness. This is not rapid already. Um, I would say. <laughs> Apologies. Yeah. I, I would say my, my inspiration, and this sounds so cliche, but I mean, it, it's, it's my children. They inspire me to con- continually develop myself for them, for me and for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mornings or nights? Mornings. For sure. Yep. Yep. Good. Favorite place to travel? It's a tie, Bahamas and Maui. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to ask you to expand on that. What's What are your favorite things about those two locations? 
So Bahamas, it's just such a quick little flight for me to get over there. And the beaches are extraordinary. I love the culture, the food, and I fell in love in Bahamas. And I've gone there with my family several times. So it's just like that feeling of nostalgia and and lots of memories are held there. Maui, Um, Maui's it, it, you just get off the plane and you feel differently. There's something very magical about that island. It's health. It's rising with the sun and sleeping when the sun goes down. It's just to me the way I feel like I would love to live my life. I go there and I, I move differently. Mm, yep. All right. Beautiful. How many coffees a day? One and sometimes two, but I never finish it. Never finish the second. <laughs> That's very specific. I love that. And and final question. If you could only have one hobby for the rest of your life, what would it be? Shopping. Shopping. (laughs) (laughs) That came to you quick. Like you didn't even need to think about it that much. That is a given. This girl loves to shop. And I am someone who is constantly looking at trends and shopping and you know, hence why I I launched my magazine. Um, Shopping is one of my favorite things to do. (laughs) Oh, great, great. Well, shopping it is for the rest of your life. Okay, deal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to come onto this podcast to share this conversation with me and to spread your experiences and your wisdom with everyone out there. For, for anyone who does have any questions, who wants to find out more about you and what you do, where's the best place for them to find you? Well, I just want to say thank you again for having me. This was a joyful conversation. I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate you. So thank you for doing this podcast because I know as a podcaster, it is a gift of love And you do this out of your own time and consideration. And it is really such a generous thing to do for your community. So I just want to honor you and edify you in this podcast. So thank you for doing that for the world. And if people desire to learn more about me, they of course can find the podcast on any platform. It's called Becoming Iconic. I mean, this is, this is the easy part on any social media platform. It's Becoming Iconic, (laughs) (laughs) but I do have something special and unique that a lot of people do like to sort of have as a complimentary gift. And that is my magazine. So you can just go to the Instagram. It's in my bio, very simple to, to source. And the digital copy is complimentary. Of course, you could subscribe and get the hard copy, but it's like Forbes meets Vogue. It is an entrepreneurial haven. It is my, it's just my heart. And so I'd love to gift that to your listeners as something as a resource for them if they they feel called to check it out. Wonderful. I'll, I'll put that in the podcast description so it's easy for people to find. But like you said, on any so, uh, platform out there, you'll find Becoming Iconic. Yes. yes you, you'll find it. It's very <laughs> iconic. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's that's probably been done so many times, but I was like, I've got to sneak that in there at the end. Becoming <laughs> Iconic is iconic. It, it actually hasn't been. So you are oh, really? you're the originator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Jen, once again, thank you so much for coming onto the show. And I can't wait to share this conversation to the world. Me too. Thank you. And there it is. My conversation with Jen Spiegel on, is there such thing as balance? I hope that you enjoyed that episode and that fresh perspective on the whole work-life balance thing. You know, ever since I recorded this episode with Jen... (laughs) It's been about four months since I first recorded this episode. There's a bit of a backlog of podcasts to come out. I have been thinking about this concept a lot more. And particularly because I do run my own business and there is so much blur between business and work in that I work from home and I don't have a set nine to five work schedule. I realized that I don't see it at all as a work-life balance. Exactly how we were talking about it in the episode. It's not like we talk about having, you know, a gym life balance or an eating life balance. It's like work and any other part of our life is part of this whole experience. It's not a separate thing. So why do we strive to have 
this balance? Why do we expect to have equal parts to these different parts of our existence? But rather, why don't we see it as a harmony of integration and one? Especially when we do what we love and we believe wholeheartedly in what we do. We see our work not just as a way to pay the bills, but as a way to contribute to this world, a way to express our best, a way to fulfill our purpose and to utilize our skills and our knowledge, then is it not something that excites us to express more of in our lives? And is it not something that we don't feel like we need to limit and we need to keep separate from our, in quotation marks, personal lives? Anyway, that was the thought process that I had coming back. I remember clearly I had that thought process flying back to Melbourne from Sydney last month. The thoughts that come to me, I tell you, on planes, as soon as I get off the ground, I just get so contemplative and so creative, you know, being off the ground and having the view that we do up in the air. So yeah, I thought I would share that as well as a little bit of an add-on from the conversation that Jen and I had. So once again, I hope that you got a lot of value from that. Jen is such a beautiful soul. She's such a beautiful human being. And like I said at the start of this podcast episode, she is one of my phenomenal mentors who I am so blessed to be working with right now. And I don't choose my mentors lightly. Like there are plenty of people who have achieved success in this world, but I'm only interested in surrounding myself with individuals who have the success that I desire, but wrap that in purpose, are led by their heart and are in complete alignment to the values that I regard as important. And Jen is exactly that. She is so beautiful inside out. And yeah, I'll put all of her details in the podcast description so that you can find out more about her becoming iconic and the the podcast. All right, you enjoy this blessed day that you are living and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.